Self-care is the daily, consistent, foundational way we care for ourselves to protect our mental, emotional, and physical health. Once you have made the mindset shift to prioritize your needs above all else, you will never look back. This quote is from Dr. Teresa Molito Connors. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. I just wow. want to note. I just want to note the amazingness of that uh, music intro. I just want to note the smooth like butter this this thing's been lately with yeah. our Zoom, our Zooming yeah. podcasts. Apologies to any poor uh, audio. We've been we're working out the kinks of interviewing via Zoom. Far away, near and far. So we thank you all. So Raleigh, how's it going? It's going well. It's got going a, well. Got a big guest today. Very uh, big guest today. Someone who, uh, a topic we have not covered uh, really with with a lot of uh, heart and soul, and I feel like this is a long time coming, so. Yeah, so I will uh, give us a little background. Dr. Teresa Melita Connors is the founder of Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret, which is a suite of theater-inspired self-care and professional development services The Self-Care Cabaret encompasses workshops, a podcast, and educational curricula focused on accessible, realistic strategies that equip and empower. Dr. MC realized that individuals in people-first, service-oriented roles often struggle with prioritizing self-care and work-life balance and lack resources. Dr. MC pursued her PhD in educational leadership from Lesley University, honing in on self-care and renewal for helping professionals. In addition to her doctorate and published research, she is a licensed K-12 counselor with a Master's of Education in School Counseling from Salem State University and a BA in Theater Studies from Emerson College. Well, welcome, Teresa. We're so excited to have you here. (laughs) Thanks so much for inviting me. This is exciting. This is very, so we've never had someone who's um, in the self-care realm. So a lot of what we've talked about is really special ed type topics. So I think this is going to be really huge for a lot of our um, special ed uh, educators who listen to our podcast. Awesome. It's it's definitely a missing piece that we, we take care of so many other people. We need to learn to better take care of ourselves. And it's definitely something we have not covered as Danielle said. So I think this is a unique perspective and very important to be carrying over every day. Yeah. Do you want to tell us how you got here and how you got to this moment in, in your self-care journey and your training and all that? Yeah, absolutely. So I also am a special education administrator in the greater Boston area. So I completely understand the challenges that go into being a special educator and educator in general. So let me rewind though. Back in hmm, 2000 and oh gosh, 11 or so, I uh, finished my master's and got hired right away at a therapeutic high school in the greater Boston area, working with a caseload of students with early onset psychosis, eating disorders, suicide ideation, gesture, really significant, serious mental health issues, et cetera. And I found that challenging, that working in that environment, I was having a hard time separating myself from that work. I found myself really on a quick road to burnout, quite frankly. And Mm -hmm. You know, at the time I went to my director and I expressed to her that I was feeling this way. And she said, well, you need to learn to not take it home with you. And that was it. And that's the best advice <laughs> I could give you. And that was it. Perfect. And I won't. Yeah. And I thought, 
how am I supposed to do that? And at that time, I mistakenly thought this was just a me problem. I was like, oh, (laughs) this is something I just got to figure out and deal with. And okay. So I started researching and looking things up and stumbled upon, you know, I had heard about Deepak Chopra years ago and, um, you know, but I started looking into his work on Dr. Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Cheryl Richardson, all the self-care experts that have come before me. And I started reading about all that, learning about Ayurveda and like really burnout and stress management and meditation and mindfulness. Again, still thinking this was like a me thing though. Mm-hmm. And all these books were just written for me. <laughs> <laughs> then I started kind of tuning in. I actually left that job and ended up working here in Massachusetts at, um, Uh, a trade association that actually supports all the private special ed uh, schools in the state. So now I'm starting to hear it from other teachers and I'm starting to hear these issues and amongst the leaders in the schools, the teachers of the schools, starting to tune into my mom talking about it, who's just recently retired as a public school educator. And I'm thinking, okay, this was not a me problem. This is a huge problem. And I want to help to fix it. So at that time, I decided it'd be a good idea to start a doctoral program. <laughs> I don't necessarily recommend it. But <laughs> it's a lot of work. But um, and I knew pretty much, though, from day one, what I wanted to study. And I wanted to study, you know, self-care and renewal for leaders and teachers. And what would that look like? Because I firmly believe that if we can shift that narrative and begin to prioritize our mental health and our well-being, and if leaders do that, not only for themselves, they also need to practice it, but promote it for their teachers, we're going to do a lot, not only for student outcomes and job satisfaction, but the retention rates in education are um, not great. And, you know, this is, this was a slightly pre-COVID thing that I did, um, you know, my dissertation study and all of that. And, you know, since COVID really sent it into overdrive, where we're seeing so many, um, you know, shortages across the country and it's just wild. And so as I was working my way through the the dissertation process, I decided, you know, this is, this is probably something I really need to like share out to more people, not even just educators. So I decided to launch a little Facebook page and I <laughs> came up with Dr. MC self-care cabaret and it kind of encompasses me and my love of theater and my professional performing arts background and kind of all the things that I think make me. And, um, yeah, started doing some conference presentations and that has now blossomed into, I don't even, hundreds of presentations at this point, virtual, in-person, on many different topics, all with the underpinnings of self-care and a podcast. And I don't even know, it's just, it's kind of taken on a whole life of its own, which is exciting. And you can find all of that on DrMC's <laughs> selfcare.com. So yes, if you, you want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks, you know. <laughs> you're welcome. I was looking in at some of your presentations and actually to sort of piggyback on what you said, this was more from a business standpoint. I think in one of your presentations, you talk about a $322 billion annual loss in turnover and productivity for businesses because of burnout and, um, so that I saw that number and I was like, I knew it was a problem, but this is staggering. It is staggering. Yeah. But the reality of work, and this isn't even, that's not just an education specific statistic. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, even if, if you look at the statistics in general about like work-life balance and folks and stress, they are in the toilet. They are mm-hmm. terrible. And if you look at even, you know, folks taking their paid time off, 
from 1976 to today, I believe, or to, I think the statistic is still 2019, so a couple of years prior, the before times, um, <laughs> it people used to take like 20 point something days off. And now that has been steadily declining till, till 2019. Folks were only taking an average of 10 days off. Wow. wow. You have to, you have to do it. Like it's not optional. It's really yeah. not. Well, and I think there's such a stigma for taking time off. I remember, so Raleigh and I obviously both worked in a therapeutic setting. Raleigh is still there. And I, it was just the standard is that you don't take your time. And I remember I lied to my boss once about taking time off because I was so scared yeah. that I like lied and said I had to go to a wedding when I was- That's a great to, story. When I was going to Where a Where did festival. you really go? Yeah. <laughs> I went to a music festival. You know what? Shout so out Paula Shea for that <laughs> yeah. one. Uh-oh. <laughs> She's definitely not listening. No. <laughs> but I would love if she did. Yeah. Yeah. So and she I can laugh about that. it now. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but I just remember being like so scared to take time off because you only had an allotted amount and when people and are think, depending on you. And especially well, right. in your yeah. mind, it's you, you know, you have to well, be and they are. And that's and they that, are. that's kind of the tricky part about education, right? Because they know we're helping professionals special education, public education, any, any of it, you, you're there for the kids. Like, you right. know, that we know that we never want to disappoint them. We do anything for them, but you can't continue to just give and give and give and give and not fill your own cup. And I know that's such a cheesy cliche, but it's very true. And you know, the thing about self-care when you practice, and I'm not talking like the self-care cabaret, I didn't get a doctorate in, in you know, with my main area of scholarship being self-care renewal to talk about mani-pedis, like yeah. that's, not, <laughs> that's not it. Like we talk about like those foundational things that you can do to really get to know yourself so that you show up as the best you possible. And when you do that, you actually are better able to show up for your kids and your students. Self-care is other care, but society doesn't make us feel that way makes us feel guilty and then if you have a toxic boss or just the pace of being in the school sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself like Mm -hmm. than ask for somebody else or disappoint somebody else or you're you know you're missing this that and the other thing like it's so hard but it's necessary we've been talking too a lot about how the social emotional learning is missing for like teachers when they're in school to learn how to be educators. Mm -hmm. This feels like something that also should be maybe worked into a curriculum in college and for for students becoming teachers so that they're understanding this ahead of the game instead of looking at it three and four and five years in and saying, I can't do this anymore. Ding, 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 ding. 100%. (laughs) Want to help me do that? Because like, for real, there's a major issue, I think, with teacher preparation programs in general. Agreed. Really preparing educators for the reality of being a teacher in the 21st century classroom. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a, I think there's, there's a lot of aspects, acts, I don't know why I can't speak right now, aspects <laughs> missing, but a big one is the kind of stress management, the burnout prevention Mm -hmm. and that self-care and renewal piece. I did, I did write about that in my chapter five. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I agree. And especially for, um, higher, like secondary, secondary school, um, teachers when their specialization is math or science or, uh, in Massachusetts, those MCAS areas, Mm -hmm. they are not thinking about that at all, both from, I think, an education standpoint, like in teacher prep programs, but also when they're teaching, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to add that in. And then I have all this prep work myself to do. It's just this like, right. 
cyclical stress that's really hard. 100%. It really is. And I don't mean to be like, oh, it's so easy to do. It's not, yeah. but it's, it is still necessary. And, you know, one of the things that I focus on or, or a major thing that I focus on in my work is really teaching those quick, um, efficient things that you need no special equipment for. You don't need any, you don't even need to spend any money. And people are always kind of floored because it's like, you know, I'll teach a breathing exercise. I'll be like, how do you feel? Oh, gee, yeah, I feel grounded. I know that felt really good. I felt a release. Cool. How long did that take us? 30 seconds? Yeah. Stop telling me you don't have time to practice self-care. Like literally go to the bathroom and like do some breathing exercises. In between meetings, practice some mindfulness thing. Like it it needs to become something that like isn't like, oh my God, now I got to do my, let me do my self-care. Like it yeah. needs to just be woven into just who you are. Like you get up every morning, you brush your teeth. So throughout the day you do your self-care. Like it needs to be that like kind of automatic. And yeah, not every day is going to be perfect. Like I get that. And some days are going to be better than others. And that's also okay. I mean, that's part of being human, right? Mm -hmm. But making sure that you are taking the time to prioritize yourself is just, it's necessary for survival. So these are, I love the idea of like those quick little things people can do that really take no time. Are there suggestions if it's something that you feel like it's been a heavier time frame? It's been a really rough week. It's been a really rough month. Are there longer processes or, or exercises or activities that somebody could do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have more time to mm -hmm. do practices, by all means, spend as much time as you can. But, you know, I think generally speaking, making sure you're getting enough sleep, that is wildly underutilized. Even just properly hydrating can make you just feel more in your body and more grounded as a society. I think like 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. So mm -hmm. like water is a really great <laughs> way to start. Like these things, sometimes it's like, Oh yeah, duh. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. that, but yet we don't do it. Um, or other thing, like if you can do a meditation or maybe take a nice walk or even just some gentle stretching, it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be long. It doesn't to be effective. It really doesn't. Um, you know, I've had folks, on my podcast, talk about taking, doing like a one minute meditation mm -hmm. just in the morning before you jump out of bed, just take a minute, just kind of scan through your body, take a couple of breaths and then start your day. Just even that intentional pause before starting your day can have a long lasting impact. I do also like the idea of that kind of like giving yourself that permission to, again, take a day off, take a little bit of time to, for yourself. That piece of it's such the, like you could convince yourself to maybe do some of these things like the, the breathing or the meditation, but can you convince yourself that it's okay to take Friday off because you really need to take Friday off? Yeah. And I think about the hard part. I think about that in public schools where teachers have the whole summer off and I don't know how many have responded to emails or like you know, we'll be like, oh, I can do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, you have the, you have the summer off. Just you have to create that off. permission like, structure for yeah. that, you know, like right. it's okay to turn your phone and you're, you know, mm -hmm. don't look at email from four o'clock Friday to 8am Monday or whatever, yeah. you know, boundaries are yeah. huge. That's great. That's well, great that you said huge. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think Teresa, I'd love your input on this too. Like even as an administrator, I, for a long time, I took on a lot of things that I was like, I can just do it. I can just do it. But then I was telling people something different. I was telling people to use their time. I was telling people to have that self-care and those moments and I'll cover for you so that you can get your break today. And realizing that I was setting 
a really bad precedent and example because people were like, you know, if she's doing it, I have to do it. And I, it was such a secondary loss, I guess is the right way to put it in so many ways. Cause I didn't realize that I was having that effect on people. Yeah. That's a leadership trap right there. Yeah. And, um, I remember Danielle was part of my uh, dissertation study, although I'm, I don't remember specifically any of your like interview answers or anything. It they was, were probably the most brilliant of the studies. I'm sure they were, <laughs> you know, but I'm sure I am the morning somewhere. We could pull probably, that out and make some fun reels. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably on a Wednesday at like 1.30 after working 60 something hours already that week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, for sure. But what happens, and this is actually really funny though, this was actually a finding in the dissertation study that leaders all agreed like across the board and I had a pretty decent like sample size for my study leaders agreed that like self-care is very important but then when asked is it like what are they doing for themselves versus they they actually ranked it higher for others and not themselves and so I had to write about that and like talk about that and that's one of those things it's like you know oh no this is good for you know everybody else but not me yeah I'm the leader I'm perfect I got it all <laughs> yeah. but you have to and that's really you know, the kind of major point that I try to drive home that it's like, no, no, <laughs> you have to model this behavior, practice this behavior yourself mm-hmm. before you can promote it for others. Like they have to see you as the leader also doing these things. If you're burning out, stressed out, frazzled, overwhelmed, not taking care of yourself, your staff isn't going to be able to be like, ah, cool. See you later, boss. Like I'm taking a break. It's just not the culture you're going to be able to create. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree, agree. And I saw that so much when I was, um, especially at the therapeutic school, it was it because it was such a high intensity area. Yeah. Um, and people saw me as the first one there and the last one leaving, they felt like they had to say, what do you need? How do you help? How do I, how can I help all of that? And it's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, it's, it takes a long time to learn to take a step back and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then that goes back to those boundaries. And it's easy because again, we're givers. Like we know we want to do more. We want to do the best for our students. We want them to succeed. We want everything to just be good and wonderful, but yet we're willing to like sacrifice everything for it, for it. And, you know, making sure like I'm constantly saying to like my team, like, listen, I don't expect you responding to emails like after work. Like I don't expect like this, this is my expectation. I need, you know, all the paperwork and all your reports by this date every week. That means you're doing it over the weekend. I hope not, but like, you know, and, and just kind of telling them and then, you know, trying to drive it home that like, no, this is not my expectation. Like I need you to take your time and take your break. And if you are doing things after hours and on the weekends, then we need to look at your caseload because something's not working and I want to know about it because we need to fix it. Or they need the executive functioning training. I was going to say, or the time <laughs> we, can, we can recommend that too. <laughs> <Or the time. laughs> um, <laughs> but even, you know, I even have to do it in my role with, you know, the leaders that are above me. I have to work a certain amount of hours over the summer. We went over those hours, of course, you know, at panic texts and emails from the higher ups. And, <laughs> but, you know, I did say, um, hey, just so you know, like, I'm out of my days. So happy to do a couple more things, but how are we going to do this? You know what right. I mean? And just being open or leave me alone. Like I am under no obligation, <laughs> you know, in the nicest way possible, but like I'm under no obligation to work all summer. But if I allow that to happen, I could have worked all summer. Mm-hmm. every day no problem and nobody would have nobody else would have been like 
geez, Teresa, um, are you taking a break? Like, yeah. no, this yeah. job, someone said to me, and it's actually really beautifully put, something like being in education, that the job will take as much as you're willing to give. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to literally give everything, it will take everything. Daniel, that's going to be our quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, like you will be better for it. Like those boundaries, and they might feel uncomfortable at first to, to start saying no. I mean, like, you know what? I'm really not the right person to be on this committee or no, I'm really sorry. I can't chaperone that event <laughs> after school or, oh, I'm really sorry. I can't like, you know, you start to then might feel a little icky at first. You might feel a little guilty, but at the end of this, there's another quote, isn't it something like you want to give the best of you, not what's left of you or not oh, the right yeah. of you or something like that. I'm just throwing that, that you. Just get some t-shirts <laughs> printed right now. <laughs> <laughs> all the cliches. Yeah, no, but yeah, but... When you show up in a classroom and you're, fra- you know, frazzled and overwhelmed and not taking care of yourself, your kids know, your exactly. students know. Yep. That energy you bring to them, I mean, then there are actual like studies about this and student outcomes and, you know, based upon teacher stress level and, and whatnot. So it's, it's kind of wild that it's such like a, I don't know, hard thing to do. It almost feels like the biggest take, I mean, obviously a lot of what you've said so far, the breathing exercise, taking time. When you said taking time to go to the bathroom and breathe, I'm like, or just taking time to go to the bathroom. But I feel like it's almost like boundaries are all like the grounding in that. Um, yeah. Like, because it's all about setting boundaries and setting expectations so that you can take care of yourself first. Yeah. So 100%. And you can start small. Like, that's yeah. the thing, too. It's like, you know, there's 10 domains of self care. I give like tons of ways to kind of do each one. But really, like, if you pick one, if you just focus on sleep, or you just focus on hydration, or maybe just doing some three deep breaths throughout the day, like, even just those little bits will go a long way. Yeah. Shifting gears for a minute, and I, I don't know how much time we have with you, but um, I was looking through your website, drmcselfcare.com, and I <laughs> saw an article that you um, were part of on the todayshow.com, today.com, yeah. about vision boards. And I know mm-hmm. it's, but I feel like that's a piece of self-care. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? It was, yeah. It was just, I woke up last week one morning to find out I was featured all over the Today Show website. <laughs> Maybe I'll be, I don't know, hanging out with Al Roker pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, so vision boards, to me, that kind of falls into the spiritual domain of self-care where we really, and teachers tend to do really well in this domain, again, because we know the work that we do and how important it is. But really that just like being inspired and setting goals and kind of understanding the bigger meaning in life and what you want for yourself that's kind of where vision boards and like manifesting fall um in terms of like the self-care domains at least in my opinion and i love vision boards i've been making them for years um i have a pretty um oh i don't know robust but it's pretty um it's probably sensory overload to some people but there's a lot going on kind of tackles different domains and I don't know for me that having that constant reminder or even just taking time you know every January or so to just sit down and think about like okay what do I want like what do I want to accomplish in the next 12 months and don't get me wrong like not everything gets accomplished but I'm always surprised at how much does and even when you kind of set yourself up to the universe and open yourself up to the universe like that, even the new things that emerge, like I put it out last year that I wanted more like ink. I want to be in more press opportunities. And 
here I am on the Today Show. I mean, that's yeah. read by hundreds of thousands, if not more people. And that's awesome. I have an Edutopia article. This is hot off the press, probably Ooh, wow. publishing next week. I mean, wow. this, you know, that's on the vision board. I also put myself on the cover of Vogue magazine. I'm working on that one. <laughs> we'll see if I pull that one off by December. But um, you know what I mean? Like you kind of put it out there. You set the intention. You still got to work for it. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm sitting yeah. back eating bonbons, just looking at my <laughs> look at my vision board but yeah. it's it's a pretty cool way I think to kind of just set goals and figure out and you know what it is I guess it goes into a little bit of the self-awareness domain also just kind of getting yeah. in touch with what do you want out of life what do you what, how do you want to feel what do you want to achieve what intentions are you setting yeah and it doesn't have to be all arts and crafts what I read in the article so there are like websites that'll help do it for you and so it's yeah. not, you don't have to be an artsy person to, to create your own vision board, which is great. A good point. Do not. There yeah. are apps even, and it's, they're, they're fun. I've been doing yeah. it for a long time and I've definitely gotten more intentional with it probably in the last, oh, I don't know, seven, eight years or so. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's thanks. awesome. So um, we're running low on time. What what are tell us about some plugs? Anything you want to plug to our your, audience? Um, your podcast. Your podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd love to connect with folks on you know through my website. You can sign up for my e newsletter or on social media at Dr. MC Self Care. I'm pretty active on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Haven't quite branched into TikTok yet, but who knows? We're, um, hey, we're, we're there working too. We're working it. on that too. We've been <laughs> oh saying goodness. that for months. I mean, we, we have videos ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do it up. The world's um, not ready for those. I'm going to be hopefully launching some online. Um, I'm actually approved as a PDP provider for the state of Massachusetts as oh, of nice. recently. So I'm going to be launching some 15-hour PDP courses on um, bringing self-care into the classroom, trauma-sensitive education, and um, a new curriculum that I'm working on called Be Your Own Bestie, which is really aimed for like me mental health for students. And that's awesome. Let's see. I don't know. I'm also going to be hosting some pop up dance parties because this is something wow. educators. There's nothing to do. Like after school, I can't find like fun workouts. And I'm a dancer. Like I want to dance. I want to move my body. So I decided, all right, I can't find it anywhere. I'm just going to have to create it. So my hope is, and I have my first one actually next week on Thursday, virtual 30 minutes for all bodies. I want, if you haven't moved your body in a long time, maybe you're out of shape maybe whatever I don't care you want to sit in a chair and dance like that's totally cool um 30 minutes pop up um keeping it you know free to join if you want to make a donation sure but I'm not looking to retire off of this I just, <laughs> I just want to move my body in ways yeah. that feel good and I want to have some friends doing it with me so I'm excited for that and oh I don't know I'm sure I'll come up with some other fun stuff yeah. <laughs> a lot going on a lot of um, gigs coming up and presentations. I was just out at the MTA, uh, big summer conference earlier this week. Oh, I'll cool. be at the big Desi one uh, later this fall and some other stuff coming up. So yeah, that's very cool. exciting. And you can find all that on your website and through your social media and they can oh, sign yeah. up for the dance party through Absolutely. your website. Awesome. That's great. So a little game we like to play uh -oh. um, is called, would you rather? Okay. And so, um, <laughs> I don't know. Ron, I do have, you have one. Do you want, oh, I do. Oh yeah. Can you, can you, uh, just throw us a, would you rather today? Uh, sure. Teresa, do you want to play? Oh, sure. Obviously. <laughs> uh, would you, so would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or in a broken elevator? Ski lift. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm going to say elevator. I don't like the winter. I'm not into like winter sports and I feel like I wouldn't like heights, but I mean, an elevator is like, not going to be a picnic either, but I would, I would choose elevator. Teresa, I think I'm with you, but barely. 
but I, I know I, for, for the no, same like, reasons. I feel like I need more information. <laughs> but that's yeah. the idea of swinging up there on the ski lift. You yeah. know what? The ski lift could be really, really close to the ground. In that case, I would do that. Then you Ooh. can jump off. You can't yeah, make, we I, talk about this all the time. You I can't know, make rules can't. for our would you rather. I know. All right. So my gut reaction was yeah. elevator. Right. I'll okay. tell you one time, real quick story. I yeah. got stuck senior in high school during senior week activities. I got stuck on the Superman ride. It broke down at oh, Six Legs. Oh my God. Oh, I thought I was going to die. die. I was yeah, like, I was going to say. My mother's going to be so mad. I'm going to die. And <laughs> like, I, I'm not even going to see high school graduation. Like it was actually terrifying. Yeah. And then the, it, so you just made me think of that. Yeah. When you asked me that right. question. And, um, anyways, there's a little fun fact in the doctor. Yeah. Now you're going to do, yeah. <laughs> do some self-care when you get off. Yeah. Do some self-care when you go. It was yeah. awful. Oh, well, we'd love to have you on again sometime to talk a little bit more about what you do. I think this is really, really, really important stuff. And, um, I think it's, it's a really unique area and we don't have a lot of, um, people telling us to take the time. So we would love to have you on again and and we could talk about that, but it would be great if you'd have, if, if you'd like to. (laughs) Absolutely. You let me know. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. Please follow Teresa on social media and subscribe at drmcselfcare.com. It's a great website with a lot of useful tools. So definitely sign up. And then while you're at it, um, you know, you can follow us on at unstuck podcast one, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Wait, isn't it now X? Oh, X. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I feel like we should cancel that, but that's for another day. Yeah. That's another day. (laughs) All right. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye.